0: From Bottom Line Technologies. Okay, greetings and welcome to the Payments Podcast. My name is John Gaffney. I'll be your host for this episode in which we ask the question, "What's next for ISO 20022?" And the reason we're asking the question is because there have been several deadlines and key points in the ISO 20022 migration timeline over the past month to six weeks, including a deadline for cross-border payments and reporting which went live for all impacted banks on the 20th of March with the coexistence of ISO 20022MX and legacy MT formats until November, 2025. The UK has also passed its first milestone of March 22nd for the go-live date for being connected to ISO 20022. There's also an important milestone coming up with the Bank of England, which has formalized its plans for June, 2023, when the CHAP system will migrate to ISO And then in the spring of 2024, the new settlement engine will go live. That's a lot of 200s. But um, these are exciting times for teams at regulators, financial institutions, and third-party payments providers. They've been preparing for the rich data this messaging format provides, as well as its ties to instant payments. Among those who have been working toward these days and will continue to do so is our guest today, Ed Ireland, who is Senior Market Development Manager at Bottom Line. Ed has been one of the key advocates for ISO 20022's adoption and proliferation for some time now. He has more than 15 years experience in the world of payments and financial technology. And Ed, we'd like to welcome you to the podcast.
1: Thank you very much, John.
0: Looking forward to it. So let's get right to it. Let's get to the current state of play. Um, Tell us what the recent series of deadlines means for our audience, as well as the significance of some new milestones coming up in the near future, if you
1: could. Okay, yeah, sure, John. Thank you. Um, so, I mean, the first thing to say, I think, is that um, uh, broadly speaking, we and I think the, the industry as a whole are pretty pleased with the way that the March 20th uh, beginning of the coexistence period for the Swift CBPR plus messages uh, went. It was a it was a, a major migration for pretty much all of our customers and for the industry. Um, and considering this is one of the biggest changes to financial messaging for payments in the last 40 years uh, then we can be really pleased that this migration went pretty smoothly. The other thing to say about it is uh, it's not over. So so we're into the beginning of the coexistence period and and I think it would be fair to say that what we've seen initially is a technical migration. So uh, we've seen institutions put a lot of work into ensuring that they can now use Uh, XML ISO 20022 messages instead of uh, MT messages, uh, at least they're ready to receive them and and to send them when they need to with market infrastructure. So we've seen institutions globally do that and now what we have is ISO 20022 being the de facto standard for payments, which is fantastic. Uh, But it is mainly just a technical migration at this stage, so we have not seen um, wide adoption of all of the kind of more complex benefit related items in ISO 20022. So we're not seeing a huge adoption of structured data, additional data elements within the messages yet. However, we have got everybody onto the standard. Uh, so the, so the, the cross border payments are now on the standard. Um, the ECB has moved, uh, Canada, Singapore. Um, There's a couple of major market infrastructures still to go, so the US and and Hong Kong are still to move. Uh, But it's also important to remember that um, the two largest countries in the world, India and China, are already on ISO 2002 for payments. So we're really seeing a, a significant part of the market now using ISO and this being the single standard globally.
0: So, Ed, is it fair to say, from the feedback you've had at this the, the, uh, admittedly limited period of time, is it fair to say the feedback so far has been positive?
1: Yes, it has. You know, so so we didn't we didn't have a kind of year to, uh, Y2K doomsday scenario. It wasn't it wasn't a disaster over that weekend. Uh, it was a smooth migration. Institutions have done a lot of work and testing, uh, and we've seen that institutions are ready on the new. Uh, Rails in order to be able to receive the MX messages. Now that doesn't mean that everybody's on ISO 100%, but we've we've got the technical migration um, completed successfully, so so that readiness is there, and we're now into the coexistence period um, successfully.
0: Okay, interesting. So I know it's a bit of a lull for activity, and that usually means we need to get ready for something. (laughs) So banks and their corporate customers are going to need to look out for what's next. So I know later in the podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about how to continue the migration. Um, But first, I want to ask you about some pretty fundamental business dynamics that will influence the adoption and usage of ISO 20022 first. My understanding is that cost will be an issue as well as compliance and data visibility. Let's start with costs. Give us a quick primer, if you could, on the cost structure involved for ISO adoption.
1: Well, so, so right now institutions have spent a lot of money uh, getting ready uh, and there aren't a lot of benefits coming out of the use of ISO yet. So we've, so we've been putting in place the, the, the groundwork, the, you know the, the foundations for the use of ISO without necessarily picking up a lot of the benefits. Um, so, cost is, is a major factor for institutions. They've had to invest to do this. Um, but what we will see over time is that uh, by having having adopted ISO 20022 and the capabilities, uh, institutions are going to get some cost benefits going forward. And, and one of the first ones is going to be around expertise and a single standard. So, so we're now all using ISO 20022. You haven't got to support different standards uh, for the messages that's going, uh, going to make a cost saving. Um, and then we're going to look increasingly at how, where else we can drive out cost and, and create efficiency in the processing of messages in ISO 20022 to get some more of those cost benefits.
0: Ed, what about compliance? I, I know there's a compliance standard for ISO 20022, um, but how, if I'm a bank, how do I know if I'm in compliance when I use it? What does that look like?
1: Yeah. So, so, so when we talk about compliance, there's perhaps two, two, two different areas that we think about it. So the first one is, am I using the standard correctly? So, so am I using ISO 2022 20 uh, the ISO 2022 standard correctly? Uh, that's one form of compliance. And the other form of compliance, of course, is when we talk about um, compliance to a sanction screening, for example, or you know, am, am am I making compliant payments? So if we take the first one, so am I compliant with my use of the standard? One of the risks around ISO is the flexibility that it gives uh, in terms of how much data and how you use that data in the messages. Uh, And so there needs to be some consensus amongst parties about how they use the standard or or it could get quite complicated in terms of managing uh, how people use it. So there are very good and defined market practice guidelines for the use of the standard so there is a high-level CBPR plus cross-border payment standard for the use of the messages, and, and institutions are been very good at following that. Uh, there's a high-value payment system standard, and then there are individual market standards for the use of the messages. So there's a lot of work that's gone into ensuring that there's a well-understood market practice guideline for the use of the messages depending on the market uh, and the situation the payment, payment messages are being used in. And so um, in terms of that level of compliance, uh, that market practice uh, guidelines and the, and the SWIFT maintain a very good database of these uh, market practice guidelines on a something called My Standards, which is available to anybody who needs it. So at that level of compliance, um, it, it's, it's going well and that, that adoption and support for market practice guidelines is great. So the secondary compliance is is an interesting one because in fact it's one of the first areas where institutions are going to see the benefit of using ISO. So one of the challenges that institutions have always faced with processing payment instructions in the old standard was ensuring that uh, the sanctioned screening capabilities that they had was able to pick up um, relevant data and, and pick up exception messages that they shouldn't be processing further and they got a lot of what we call false positives so uh, words would flag up within the messages and you would stop a payment and then have to release it again because it wasn't uh, it wasn't actually a word in a in a in the place where it would be dangerous um, now with iso20022 you can be much more granular and much more specific in how you describe uh, parties uh, and places uh, in the messages and that makes it much easier to correctly identify information in the messages and significantly reduces the number of false positives that you're likely to get in your screening applications. So where we've seen some of the early adopters of ISO 20022, for example, in the Philippines and some of the market infrastructures that went early, uh, we can see that uh, institutions have immediately seen a reduction in the number of false positives that they have. And this is an operational cost saving. It's a customer experience improvement with better processing of messages. Um, and a risk-reducing factor as well because you're correctly identifying actual risk messages and not false positives.
0: Fantastic. That's great stuff. So, Ed, I was surprised at the element of the customer experience in the ISO context. Um, In fact, I read a, a quote recently in Finextra, the standardization of ISO facilitates the adoption of new services by customers. Customers can consume new data and utilities provided by the bank in a uniform way, one that's easier and more cost-effective. Is this how the customer experience can be improved? I don't remember, I I don't see a lot written about that or I don't hear a lot about that in terms of ISO.
1: Yeah, so so I don't think you, you might not be seeing too much about it now because I think it's early days and and institutions have got to adopt ISO 20022 to quite a sophisticated level to start to get that level of benefit from, iso so you might not be seeing so much of it now but in in theory it's absolutely correct Uh, because with the additional information that you can pass in a structured way in the messages then you can uh, have much better visibility on on what the payment's for so um, i've said in previous um, podcasts that you want to think about ISO is we're now processing transactions, not uh, messages, not payment messages. So you can actually see really this is a payment message, but it's a payment-related message related to this type of transaction. This is what I'm doing and this is what I'm paying. And and because you've got that additional level of information, you can then um, have better clarity on, on what that transaction is, provide additional services related to it, and also know much more as a receiver about what that payment is and, and why it's being made. And of course, for the for the payment payment providers and the banks that are processing the payments, gives them significantly more visibility on on the transactions, and will then, by turn, enable them to uh, to offer more services to those customers.
0: Um, so I'm interested to know who in the company is responsible for this. What are the positions on the org chart? that are responsible right now for implementing and developing ISO? And how how might that change in the future, Ed?
1: Yeah, so again, this was an interesting point. And so right at the beginning, you know, that, that was an important one. It, and it was important to, to, to understand the answer to this question, because if you saw it just as an IT project, um, there was a significant danger that you would miss the benefit of ISO. So you might successfully implement a, a pure IT project for ISO, and, and miss all the benefit, and also potentially um, design yourself into a dead end with, with the way that you develop the standard. So it's important uh, when you're looking at who should be responsible and who should be looking at ISO to understand this is both a, an IT and an operations project. And it's operations that can understand the benefit of ISO and ensure that the best use is made of the standard, as well as it being an IT project, which of course it is, technically you've got to move to the new standard, you're going to have to start using XML. You're going to have to build your databases differently to support the standard, but it's operations that will understand the benefit and ensure that you capture uh, these these, these better customer experiences and and increased efficiency from the use of ISO.
0: Well said, thank you for that. Um, so let's get to the heart of it here. Um, we We're connected now. We have to be connected. and I know we've we've talked about the next steps in the journey um, to ISO uh, as as we move toward market ready. But now I'm connected. I have to get to ISO native. and how do I do that? How do I get to get from this basic capability to that phase you call market ready?
1: Okay, yeah, sure. So so we've always viewed um, the the project as sort of one of three options in the beginning. Uh, you could be, um, you could be sort of connectivity only. You could be market ready, and you could be native. Uh, so let, let's look at what, how you move between those different ones. If you've gone native from the beginning, that means that you've fully invested in ISO. So you've upgraded your payment systems. You're using the ISO standard. Uh, you're sending and receiving in an ISO. So you're there. And, and then what you're doing now is you're waiting for those additional ISO benefits to start coming. And you're starting to introduce those ISO benefits by uh, adding functionality to your systems for customers and embedding that within the ISO messages. If you're not at that native stage, so if you're, say, let's let's go back to the, you know, see just on the connectivity only. So what you've done is ensure that you can technically receive ISO messages, but you're not sending any out, you're still staying on the old standard. if they do, if you do get um, ISO messages in, you may be using an embedded translated version or translation to convert that into the old standard. So you've really just done a technical migration, and what you need to do next is to start actually processing ISO messages. So being able to take those ISO messages in to your systems and also being able to generate those ISO messages. And remember that if you were if you of course if you were In Target 2, you would have already done this. Uh, Some of the market infrastructures structures had a hard cut over to ISO, you'll be doing this already. If you're in the coexistence period that Swift is um, running for the next few years, uh, you you might not be. You might still be processing MT, and you've got to start looking at how you process MX. And then, so once you start to look at how you process MX, you've got to look at, well, maybe you're still not ready to, to ingest ISO 2002 into your systems. So you need to put in, put in place a translation there. So you need to convert the, the old standard that your system is processing into the ISO standard that you want to send out and receive from the market. Uh, so that's, that's, the, that's the exercise that you've got to do if you're right back there at the beginning.
0: OK, so, so market ready, I am able to access all the power of this format and all the things that it affords me, correct?
1: I think uh, partly. So you're you're ready if you're native. Uh, So if you're market ready, you're a little bit limited in what you can translate between the old standard and the new.
0: I see. Okay. All right. Hey, that wraps up this episode of the Payments Podcast. We've been speaking about the next steps for ISO 2022 messaging protocol. My guest has been, bottom lines Ed Ireland. Ed, thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much, Sean.
0: Always a pleasure. Uh, please join us next time wherever you listen to podcasts. We're available on SoundCloud, Apple, and Spotify podcast platforms. And we'll see you next time. The Payments Podcast from Bottom Line Technologies.